1: This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 1057 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by a legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee area and Apple Auto Care Centers. Joining us on the great Midwest bank line from NBC Sports, it's David Hobbs, Formula One analyst. Welcome to the show, David.
2: Thanks, Steve. Good to be on again.
1: It is a new season and some changes. Uh, you, of course, were in Spain for preseason testing and I guess the question everybody is going to be asking, can anybody beat Mercedes?
2: Well, based on the testing alone, it would appear that Ferrari can. Um, but, you know, testing's testing and racing's racing, and, um, which is why they race. And, uh, yeah, both were very, very fast. Uh, the Red Bull was not quite as fast as everybody thought it would be, although it was the quickest Uh, especially in the hands of young Max Verstappen. And um, so I think that uh, this year will be generally more competitive than we've seen the last couple of years. Ferrari certainly seems to have got a handle on things, and their car is looking good. And it also did a lot of miles, although it did not do as many miles as the Mercedes.
1: And what's interesting about Mercedes, I thought, was uh, the new driver, the new kid on the block for them, Valtteri Botas. even though he drove a Mercedes-powered Williams, he was uh, very quick in preseason testing. Is is that somebody you can give uh, Lewis a run for the money?
2: Well, I think he can. Um, I think he's I think the Bottas is probably quicker than uh, Nico Rosberg. Um, you know, Rosberg's a great guy, nice guy, runner up in the world championship what, two times and then won the third? But in my opinion, he was a bit lucky to win last year, quite frankly, because he just did, did not have the pace of. Uh, Hamilton, and that's why I think he quit the, the sport. You know, he won the championship, and he just knows in his heart of hearts he's never going to win another championship. So he gave up while he's ahead, which is great, great for him. He already had plenty of money, and now he's got even more money. Um, so I, I think so. I think Valtteri Bottas will be very quick and will give Hamilton a run for his money. Now, so far, everything between those two is all lovey-dovey. Uh, we're not quite sure how Hamilton will react if. If Valtry does, in fact, blow him off. Uh, When I say blow him off, I don't expect him to blow him off on a consistent basis, but Mm -hmm. I think you'll find he's a pretty tough competitor.
1: One of the other things that was interesting was the Force India launch where they're coming out with a pink car. They have a new sponsor, BWT. (laughs) I guess that's the first pink livery we've seen on a car. I think Damon Hill drove one that was uh, in the last iteration of Brabham. Uh, back in the early 90s, I think, had some pink on it. But it's a quite sterling car. Was it painted pink in testing?
2: No, it was not painted pink in testing. And I see that uh, Nico Hulkenberg, who did drive for Force India last year and has now gone and joined the Renault squad, he tweeted uh, tongue-in-cheek, now you see why I left <laughs> Force <laughs> India. Uh, and I also read, which is a bit alarming, that both drivers have had their helmets painted pink.
1: So Interesting. to
2: make it very uh, complicated. To tell who's who. But um that also, the Force India, again, looked pretty strong, just like it did last year. They were fairly reliable. And also, you know, right in the, the middle of the field seems to have definitely packed up. You know, Renault were right there, uh, whereas last year they were way off the pace. This year, especially in the hands of Hülkenberg, they were right on the pace. Uh, the, the, the American team, the Haas team, was very quick. And Kevin Magnussen looked strong in that car, and they were reliable. And so, you know, they really are packing up in that middle. There's only two cars out there which are really were not up to it. One was the McLaren Honda, which is an absolute disaster of of a tremendous magnitude for both Honda and McLaren. And the other one was Salva, who are really, really shackled now because they have last year's Ferrari engine. And all the engine manufacturers made big strides over the winter and improved their engines a lot. And, in fact, talking to uh, Gunter Steiner, who who runs the Haas team, he said, you know, you couldn't – there's no way you could uh, put, like, a current Ferrari in the Sauber because, apparently, the engine is completely different. I mean, the shape, it wouldn't fit. Wow. So it just shows how much effort's been put into the engines over the winter.
1: That's interesting. Uh, Getting back to the uh, Force India with the pink helmets, uh, there's an interesting – article written about, uh, Ross Braun wanted to put the numbers on the tail fins, which he's not in favor with of, and I'm not much either, but it would be nice to at least get some, uh, for the fans, see who's who, because it's sometimes hard to tell with the, with the helmets going by the helmets, who is who. And this goes back, I guess, to Bernie Ecclestone wanting, you know, all the cars, uniform, all the, I remember BAR about 15 years ago, they wanted one. Uh, you know, different cars for the different cigarette sponsors back in the day, while they were still had tobacco sponsorships, and he wouldn't allow it, and he had that stupid-looking car with what was it, uh, Lucky Strike on one side, and then the other cigarette on the other side. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, well, what what's your opinion on that with the with the numbering and and the tail fins?
2: Well, the numbering has always been a bugaboo with me. You know, the, the numbers are too small. Mm-hmm. They should they should mandate bigger numbers on the car, which I think would be much better for the spectators. But sponsorship, unfortunately, rules all, and uh, they have uh, acceded to the you know the wishes of the sponsoring companies, and so the numbers are not very big. And yes, they could have put them on those tail fins, which are pretty ugly, what they call shark fins. Although the Mercedes ran pretty damn successfully in in they they tested with and without, and it didn't seem to make it much difference. So. I know that Charlie Whiting and I know that Christian Horner and I know that Ross Braun don't like that shark fin, and hopefully they'll be gone. Uh, I can't see them being gone before uh, before Australia, but and they may last through the year, but I, I hopefully they will go. They they are pretty ugly, and uh, I don't think they serve a lot of purpose, and they, they've also got that funny little T wing on the very end of the shark fin to redirect air onto the wing. Because that's the other big difference in this year and last year's car. The rear wing is a lot lower. It's about mm-hmm. five inches lower. Uh, so that makes the cars look different. And, of course, that stupid shark fin <laughs> makes <laughs> them look high again. <laughs> you can do without that. The other thing I think has got to go in, in the end is those ridiculous front wings. I mean, they are just so enormous and so complex and so complicated with wind vanes and turning mm-hmm. vanes and oh my god I mean, just a joke and, and the really weird thing is you knock past the end of it in the, in the heat of battle and doesn't seem to slow the car down a bit so <laughs> you often wonder about the aerodynamics a million dollars an hour in the wind tunnel.
1: Exactly, and that's how they're keeping their jobs, by coming up with yeah. these odd designs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh Getting to the American team, the Haas team, uh, with a new addition, Kevin Magnuson comes over from Renault. And, uh, of course, they, they, they really hit the ground running last year and then kind of slowed down. But still, I mean, much more successful season than uh, uh, many thought in the paddock uh, for Haas. What, what can we expect from them this year?
2: Well, I think you can expect more of the same. They have obviously got a lot of data. You've got to remember that last year, everywhere they went it was the first time they had been there. Now they have rolling roads and they have data, computerized data, showing the circuit and, and everything about it, every little bump and one thing and another. But, but they had no previous data to go on. Now they've got data from everywhere. Uh, they have a new car and they have another new engine. They've got the latest Ferrari engine, which obviously seems to be pretty quick and reliable, Um, so they are really in pretty good shape. And I think you'll find that um, Magnussen will be significantly faster than Gutierrez was, and maybe a bit too quick for old Roman Grosjean. And um, because, funny enough, Roman Grosjean was complaining about the brakes at the test on the car. And if you remember, practically every race last year, Mm -hmm. Roman Grosjean complained about the brakes. Yes, he did. Kevin Magnussen said, I don't know. I can't fight. There's anything wrong with the Brexit team to me. So, um, I think they'll be right in the mid-pack. The only thing that's going to be difficult is, as I say, that mid-pack's closed up. At the end of the test, you know, there's about six teams that were all within just a two or three tenths of each other. So that battle in the midfield is going to be very intense to get that last point for tenth spot. It's going to be very, very competitive in the middle of the field. And, um, I fully expect them to score more points than last year because last year you got to remember Roman Grosjean was the only guy that scored any points, and poor old Gutierrez didn't score any. Well, I fully expect both drivers to score points this year. Um, whether they score as many as they did in the first two races last year with Roman <laughs> will be they'll be pretty lucky to do that. But um, yeah, they look good. The Haas team looks very, very good. We're talking with
1: David Hobbs, Formula One analyst with NBC Sports. Uh, one final question here, I guess. Williams with uh, Lance Stroll's been getting a lot of criticism. He uh, had a couple crashes, but this is a young kid who's bringing a lot of money. But I, I, you know, I'm thinking it's keeping the Williams team viable, and that way it's good. We we need the team. We can't lose any more teams in uh, Formula One. Uh, what's your opinion on the young Canadian?
2: Well. I don't know a lot about him other than that. He has won every championship he's gone into ever since go-karting. He has won and he won the GP. Uh, he won the, uh, uh, the formula three championship in, in Europe last year, easily winning a, a massive amount of the races. Uh, so he's got a lot of confidence. He's obviously very, very quick. He did come unglued a couple of times in the first test. We, before we went and, uh, they missed it a full day cause he'd written the car off. And, um, But I fully expect him to be uh, pretty compatible and pretty competitive. Whether he'll be as quick as uh, Felipe Massa, I don't know. Obviously, one hopes that he is. You you, you hope he's going to be quicker than Felipe Massa. Um, But the Williams team also has got that other amazing this year. Uh, They've lost Pat Simmons, um, but they have gained uh, Paddy Lowe from the Mercedes team. And Paddy Lowe is a tremendous engineer. He certainly and is. And obviously that money that Stroll is bringing something like $30 bucks—they <clears throat> If they can put that budget to good use, I expect the Williams to be very competitive, as it was in the test. It was very quick in the test.
1: Well, that is certainly good. I mean, like I said, yeah. you know, I think a lot of criticism is just people that just don't like seeing the kid with, with money buying his way into Formula 1. But well, unfortunately, it's been that way for many years now.
2: Well, you know, money helps, you know. Unfortunately, you look at Joey Logano. I mean, <laughs> that's how Joey Logano going to what was Sprint Cup. I mean, basically, uh, I'm not saying he bored his way in, but he was uh, certainly right on the borderline there. So mm-hmm. it's not just Formula 1 that suffers from that. It's Pretty much all forms of racing do.
1: It certainly is true. And uh, first race of the year is next week. Uh, where where can we tune in?
2: It's coming up. It'll be on NBCSN. Um I think we go on the air first of all next Thursday night at like uh, eleven, and we go through, and then we, we do a recording. We'll, we'll, we'll pre-record, free practice one, which which is actually on the, which would be actually on at like um, nine. Uh, we will air it at, at uh, eleven, and then it rolls straight into free practice two, which is around about midnight on Thursday night, Friday morning. Qualifying is Friday night, Saturday morning, and the race is Saturday night, Sunday morning. Uh, so unfortunately, they're all in the middle of the night. And, uh, and that, of course, is Eastern time. So actually, in the, in the Midwest, you, you, know, you might see some of it live. But um, turn your pre-record on and, uh, and get all the action next week. Excellent. Big, big day out, big, big three days out.
1: It should be a lot of fun. Looking forward yeah. to it. The first race big of the year is always fun
2: don't forget, before the race starts, get in the car, your old car, nip down to 6100 North Green Bay Avenue and peruse perusal the <laughs> Honda line. Got some great cars for the moment. My- Formula One engine is not going too well. <laughs> the cars are going very well.
1: Yes, they are. Well, David, <laughs> certainly appreciate it. And, yes, David Hobbs Honda and uh, Glendale, make sure to check them out. And we appreciate you coming on the show, David.
2: Okay. Thanks a lot, Steve.
1: All right. Thank Bye. you. David Hobbs, of course, a Formula One analyst with NBC Sports. Make sure to tune in. Coming up next, we'll hear from Eddie Lepine down in Sebring. We had a chance to talk to St. Uh, Pete Grand Prix winner Sebastian Bourdais, who won the IndyCar opener. Coming up next on The
3: Fan. This is Eddie LePine. I'm at 2017 Sebring 12-hour, the 65th running with Sebastian Bourdais. The latest new IndyCar winner last weekend. Uh, welcome, Sebastian. Yep. How, how are you doing uh, after your win last week? Well, it doesn't get much better than
4: that, so we'd better be uh, feeling great because it's uh, definitely quite a big achievement for us, and uh, you know, especially being the first race of uh, 17, and the first race of
3: you know putting that group to the test of uh, of racing. It, it it's pretty exciting to see you guys put assemble that team with Dale. Um, and kind of at the last minute, uh, pretty much. Or was that in the works last year? Or? No, it was definitely not last minute, and that's why
4: you know we we're quite excited about it because there was a, there was a lot of work behind it. Craig started working with the team, um, you know, early first of October. Olivier joined us at the end of October, so there was quite a bit of time uh, in the off season to. to Integrate them in the team, and for them to implement uh, new things and methods, and, and you know, to get accustomed to what Darren and my Cannon had already started. You know, so uh, no, it was definitely uh, you know the, the key point of, of being able to kind of hit the ground running. Uh, it's never enough time, it's never enough money, and you're never big enough. But at the end of the day. Um, I think, uh, I think we've already come a long way and, and, and made a lot of progress, and I was really happy with the way the team reacted. We got really good crew guys, led by Todd uh, Phillips, and, uh, and uh, you know we. Yeah, well, it's it, a small team, but we, we still got a lot of things going uh, going on.
3: Well, for a lot of people, uh, Craig Hampton was reunited with you, and he was instrumental in your engineer at Newman Haas when you won your championships. Um, For our listeners that didn't know that, um, we actually talked about that a few months ago on the radio show, that you guys were going to be reunited and that you are going to have a good year. And what a way to start it off. Yeah, for sure. I mean, mean, you see, Craig uh, Henson knows me better than anybody else
4: uh, in the racing business and then the second next is Olivier (laughs) so you know that that was really key for me there are two really smart guys who who know me very well who I really enjoy uh, interacting and working with and uh, and that really was uh, really critical on the way you know this was gonna work Um, and and it it does work very well they complement each other very well they understand me very well Uh, you know and uh, you know at the end of the day we're just uh we're just gonna try and have fun and do our job but it's uh you know these guys are really the ones who kind of make it work for me and and, you know without the car I can't do much of
3: anything and Dale's really you know I mean it's exciting to see someone like that it's like David and Goliath you know going up against Penske and Ganassi and you know I mean it, it was a big win and a great way to start off the season Um, not only that but uh, not to not talk about Sebring I mean here we are at Sebring and now you're driving for Ganassi in a Ford GT which last year you won Le Mans and and you won Daytona this year to start the season for that um what's your feeling and how, how has it been over here um at Ford and Ganassi
4: Oh, it's been really good. Uh, obviously, we've had uh, we've had, we've enjoyed a lot of success in a very short period of time, and uh, I'm going to be much happier about that. I think uh, you know, Mike Mike brought me on board, and, and had a lot of faith in me, and and uh, you know, I've just been trying to repay those guys uh, ever since. But we had we had a really uh, obviously uh, fun Le Mans, and, and a really fun uh, you know twenty four hours of Daytona, uh, which both ended up with the win. Uh, in a big way for, for Ford and uh, you always kind of feel lucky when, uh, and privileged when you end up in the right car because there were four of those at both events and any of the four could have won uh, but it was us and, and it's just uh, very special to share that and
3: uh, and,
4: and to yeah, be the lucky one.
3: It just seems like it really gelled right away with, with you and Joey and Dirk Mueller, uh, and it's really a really strong driver lineup. And I guess you are working well together if you win, like... Yeah, it does. Uh,
4: to be honest, uh, last year at Le Mans, was, uh, I was still trying to find uh, my footings. The, the setup of the car was still evolving, and I, I wasn't particularly uh, easy and comfortable in the car. And then when we, uh, we did some more testing, and, and, you know, at Daytona, the car ended up in a... in in a window that I really enjoyed and and we're really competitive I only drove in the rain but the car was really strong for me and we put on a really strong showing all night long and uh, and then we came testing here and I was really happy with the car so that bodes well for this weekend clearly in the first practice here the car was strong so
3: uh, you know keep our fingers crossed and and hope we can have uh, some more things go our way. Recently Carl Haas just passed away and uh, you know Paul few years prior and uh, I mean those are two guys that you won four championships Um, what I mean Paul Newman can you just tell us something that maybe our listeners would want to hear because Paul Newman was very into road America and road racing and you know and the shop wasn't that far away from road America and our listeners are there what, I mean, could you tell us a little funny little story about Paul at all, or? There,
4: there are a lot of things that obviously, uh, you know, come to mind, but it, it was, you know, Paul was a racer, and so was Carl, and although they shared that, they, they were, you know, couldn't find two more different people, <laughs> uh, but, you know, they assembled the uh, a team that uh, obviously had huge success and a huge history, and that I was uh, very fortunate to, to work for. And, and uh, you know, I'll obviously never be thankful enough. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was quite a group, and uh, you know, I
1: I'll spare you
4: the, the stories. But it was just uh, it, <laughs> you know these, these dinners on most of the race weekends, you know, with Carl and Paul and Bernie and, and the engineers. And, Without a lot of really fun memories that I'll
3: cherish for the rest of my life, for sure. Well, sure. I mean, last week when you won that IndyCar race, it would have just been, you know, something for them to see how you evolved. And then you're running the 24-hour race at Daytona, and then you're at St. Pete winning the first IndyCar race on your new team. And, uh, I mean, it's a great way to start. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, we, Craig and I both got a message from, uh, from Bernie Haas, and you know, they're still looking at us. Perfect. Uh, really, thanks for taking the time before this busy weekend, this, and good luck to you, and uh, good luck to you for the an IndyCar season this year. Thanks a lot, Sebastian. Thank you. Good.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.